What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's Ray and Yomi here. Sorry for what the delay. sorry for the delayed uh, recording. We have lives. I think I think Yomi just survived COVID. Yes, that was that was interesting. Was that very your interesting? Uh, no, I had it exactly a year ago. Like to the date, no joke, to oh, the date man. that I caught it. So what was nuts was that the first time around, I was very weak. Couldn't, like I wouldn't want to get out of bed. I had no energy whatsoever. So I slept a lot, but it wasn't a big deal. This time around, though, no joke. I'm, you're talking body aches, intense sweats, like periods where you're just sweating profusely and you just cannot get enough fluids in you to stay hydrated. So it was like influenza symptoms more than anything. Pretty much, yeah. Like I think I had it for, I felt it real bad for two days and then I was right back at work. I wonder if it's like mutated with flu at this point. I think so. I mean, I didn't get a cough. Like my, like usually my daughter would get a cough. Right. Um, I did have the upset stomach and things like that. But what we did learn was that when this strain of COVID actually attacks, it attacks the weakest area of your body. Okay. And that's wow. how you're alerted. So like my husband, he has arthritis to the hip. His hip got oh, so bad, man. you couldn't even literally touch the touch his leg. He was in oh, that much pain. That so, sucks. Yeah, like, it was, it was wild. It was wild. Oh, wow. Yeah, that reminds me, of, like, Native Americans used to use the Bonset herb for influenza because, and because they believed it set bones because they thought that you'd get so sick and cough that you were breaking bones inside. Oh, so yeah. that's where that's where it's associated with influenza. But um, just for tips for anybody who is sick, um, another one of my friends just got COVID, just tested positive today, and they're like in Virginia. I keep telling people, man, if you if you put um, chlorophyll into your diet and like you have a lot of like the triple chlorophyll greens or even like you know the powdered spirulina stuff that you put in like your drinks and stuff, if you take all that, like even if you do contract COVID. It won't be as bad because I, I have done the research and read on how your gut being super healthy is mm -hmm. the key to your immune system being top notch. But I have actually confirmed that that's true since my birthday. I've been taking like triple chlorophyll. I've been taking my my iso greens, which I have links for that if people want to know where I get my supplements from. But me and babe, like we're both on it and everybody else in the house gets sick. Everybody else around us gets sick. And like, we're just breezing through stuff. Like we, we got like sick maybe for six hours to a day. That's like when everybody bad. else was out for a couple weeks and, I, and usually I get really sick. This is my first winter. I've never been, I haven't been sick. Wow. And I'm like, what? yeah, I'm like, dude, this shit's awesome. Anyway, sorry. I think the moon's in Virgo right now. So I, I, I'm feeling like a little health conscious. No, and you know, no, just that's got, you just got tips. your new book too. How is that going? How you oh my that? god, I've read a few pages. I'm loving it. Yes. So I'm like, I'm like, yes, I need to get more into this because, yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. I like how it's a dictionary. Yes, I love that kind of stuff because I love being able to reference books. Uh, yes. Yomi's, Yomi's talking about the the dictionary of medical astrology by Diane Kramer. I mentioned that the, I think our last episode and Yomi bought it. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this month. We're going to talk about a couple of really, uh, I'm really dying to talk about it, but we're going to, we're going to do housekeeping first. So we, for our transits uh, for this month, I'll just go through the list. Um, it obviously is the sixth, but I will still go over the ones that already transpired. Uh, on February 1st, we had the sun sextiling Chiron. February 2nd, we had Venus sextiling the North Node. February 3rd, we had Venus semi-square Eris. February 3rd, we also had sun square Uranus. February 4th, we had Venus square Mars. February 6th today, we have Mercury sextile Neptune. We're going to be talking about secretive things today. (laughs) Also, we have Mercury square um, Eris today. And then tomorrow, February 7th, we have Venus semi-square Pluto. February 8th, we have Venus sextile Uranus. February 9th, we have Mercury sesa-square Mars. February 10th, we have Mercury conjunct Pluto. February 11th, we have Venus sesa-square Black Moon Lilith. February 11th, we have Mars sextile Chiron. February 12th, we have Sun semi-square Jupiter, as well as Sun sextiling Eris. February 14th, we have Mercury opposition Black Moon Lilith. Also on February 14th, we have Venus semi-square the North Node. That's very fitting for Valentine's Day, not. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Mars sesa-square to Pluto. Then on the 15th, we have Venus conjunct Neptune. So a lot of uh, I just want, I just want to make jokes about Valentine's Day. The day after Valentine's Day, there's a Venus conjunct Neptune. So there's going to be a lot of people like I think he's the one. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> uh, February sixteenth, we have Sun conjunct Saturn. A lot of people will be sad that day. <laughs> Realization <laughs> of what they thought was the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mercury square, the North Node, also on the 16th. The 17th, we have Sun semi-square Chiron. And then on the 17th, we have Mercury semi-square Neptune. A lot of Mercury and Neptune squares going on. Uh, Mercury sextile Jupiter as well. Then the 19th, we have Venus sextile Pluto. Then February 20th, we have Venus semi-square Uranus. There's a lot of fighting going on this month. And confusion. Yes, a lot of lies, a lot of deception, and a lot of conflict. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of squares, man. A lot yeah. of squares. I mean, Aquarius, Aquarius is kind of known for that shit too. Like everybody thinks they have the Aquarius vibes is like the humanitarian stuff, but it's tra- it's traumatizing. I mean, it is. It's a fixed air sign, and all I, the fixed signs right now are being hammered with this crap. Yes, like if I we're tired. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on uh, people who have, you know, strong Aquarius vibes in them or anything like that. But like, if I were going to attribute gaslighting to one sign, I would, I would call it Aquarius. Like, really, <laughs> just like when you look at the, the associations and stuff like that. Like, if you were gonna, it, like, if you were gonna put gaslighting, if there was like, like a, a um, an astrology psychology dictionary, I think gaslighting uh-huh. would be next to Aquarius. I do. Yeah. So. 
gaslighting will be happening. <laughs> I mean, confusion and lies and conflict. I mean, yeah. Anyway, February 21st, we have Mercury square Uranus. So more fighting. Um, then Mercury trine Mars. Then the 23rd, we have Saturn semi-square Chiron. And February 23rd, we also have Sun quincunx Black Moon Lilith. And February 25th, we have Venus trine Black Moon Lilith as well as Sun Sextile North Node. February 26th, we have Mercury Semi-Square Venus. Lots of squares. And Mercury Sextile Transiting Eris on the 27th, as well as Sun Semi-Square Eris and Mercury Semi-Square Jupiter on the 28th. So that what that sums up to me is that there's going to be a lot of, lot of squabbling this month, a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting, and that's going to obviously manifest not just on an individual basis, but on a mundane political basis as well, which goes into some of the things that we're going to be talking about during, during this, uh, this episode. But as I mentioned all those, Yomi, do you have any, anything that you'd like to talk about or share anything, anything from uh, like the transits I just rambled off or you had a, you had something you wanted to talk about first. Well, I'm actually looking at the transits at the end of the month. Like, the sun is trining with the south node quite a bit throughout this month. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. Let's see, what is this one? And then we've got Hades in that trine as well. Are you looking at the one of the charts? Let me see. Yeah, no, I'm looking at... I'm on February the 21st. Okay. You've got Saturn, Sun, Trining South Node, Trining Hades. Oh, you're looking at the calendar I gave you, huh? No, no, I'm looking at a chart chart. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Um, but let me look at I'll look at you, I'll look at the other I'll look for the other stuff too. February, what day were you looking at? The 20 21st. 21st. Let me type that in real quick. Okay. There's right, Venus. Looking. Got it. Okay. Okay. Let me fix my time right here. 6, 6, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Well, let me fix my time to your time, too, so I'm looking at the same thing. Yeah. That helps. That helps. <laughs> I think for you it would be 3 a.m. Okay. Oh, no, it won't, because you're doing it for my area, so it's still 6 a.m. Never mind. I'm trying to look at what you're doing, man. Okay. So Sorry. Do... You're okay. Ever since I wonder Mercury... if we could record on Zoom, where we could actually share screens. Yeah, we can. We can do Huh. Oh, yeah. We should, we should look into that. We should. Yeah, yeah since Mars went direct, um, you know, the... Uh, what was the word? The the scattered energy of the Gemini Mars. It's like on on um, acceleration mode. So it is. I, I feel like I'm more of an airhead right now than I was when it was retrograde. So I'm just kind of. Oh no, I've been feeling. Yeah, I've been feeling it too. Like I cannot <laughs> yeah. focus for shit right now, and miraculously yeah. I'm able to focus at work, which is insane. But I can't focus on anything else. Like I'm like, leave me alone. Give me a moment. Yep. Probably probably because you're counting every hour at work. So you're all like, yeah. uh 
Yeah. Yeah, but seriously, guys, I'm so out of it. I had to ask Yomi today what we were talking about, like, like four hours ago. I'm like, what are we doing today? Um, I better figure it out. That's okay. I was I like, the- just wing it at this point. We'll come up with stuff to talk about. And truth be told, we do that most of the time, but that's okay because we we both just get into it and we're like, we're just gonna go dig for stuff we shouldn't talk about, and we're gonna talk about. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So I got the chart up for the twenty first, and you saw Hades to Hades okay. to the South Node. Oh, way up yeah. in the ninth house and then coming way down to the first house, Sun and Saturn in conjunction. And then Hades also squares the big mess in the second house of Aries. Yeah. And Jupiter, I don't know if you use Chiron. I don't know if you sorry, I don't know if you use Poseidon, but Poseidon's at uh, Scorpio. So it's an orb conjunction to the south node and it makes a grand trine in my chart. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at the chart for the moment right now. At 6 a.m., I put I put Lancaster, South Carolina. That's kind of close to you. Um, mm-hmm. I with there being Scorpio there on in the ninth house, that would be like you know um, strategic war and conflict, and then the Hades signature being conjunct or not uh, yeah conjunct with Pallas right there. Vigilante justice, something to do with, and then Saturn's obviously in that. That uh, that mix too. Uh, I'm seeing it aspecting its trining to, from that Hades to the Saturn right there, and I'm like, yeah. Man. yeah. So that kind of foreshadows what's going on with the Chinese spy balloon. But um, yeah. Which I guess I guess we could go into that now. Um, no, let's go to. into that now. Absolutely. Okay. I'm like I'm I'm so when I get mad sometimes like it's hard for me to think straight because I have. I have like a water mercury, so like I go Rrr. if I get mad when I find stuff, like I have to like calm down to articulate myself <laughs> properly, and I'm like, whoosa. But anyway, so what do you what did you think the Chinese spy balloon was before we look we were looking at stuff? What was your first thought about it? I when mean, when I fl- first well, when I first heard about it, I was like, why the fuck are we letting this shit fly over the country? Yep. In my opinion, you know, that looks like, you know, what you would make telescope or camera out of. Because, you know, when you look at telescopes in space, they have that mirroring material on that stuff. So to me, it was like, yeah, this is something that's taking pictures. You know, it made no sense to let that thing fly over land where they could have just blown it down. And, you know, there was nothing for miles and miles and miles away. You know what I'm saying? There was places that could have been done at. And like Montana. To me, exactly. So to me, I really think back to, of course, when these transits were in play at the last time, which was in the late 1930s, World War II. Yep. The Japanese spied on us before they came for us. Yep. We're stupid to think that the Chinese are not capable of the same. Damn, Yomi, I didn't even have to do the rabbit hole digging. You just did everything <laughs> I came up with. So anyway, let's let's unpack what Yomi just talked about, the charts, okay? So people at home that do charts themselves, following along, these are the time frames that I got. So the initial balloon was seen in Alaska on the 28th of January, 2023, 
I do not have a ETA time for that. They did not provide that. So I'm not going to go off that as my initial um, entering, you know, U.S. airspace because when it was actually recorded by the timestamp was when it entered Montana. Luckily, I'm very familiar with Montana. So I looked at the map that, that or the trajectory of what, where this balloon went and I determined the locality of where it entered U.S. airspace after crossed over the Canadian border. So I used Shelby, Montana, and that is February 1st, 2023 at 2.21 Mountain Time. So that's if you're putting the locality in for Shelby, Montana. Then also it was seen again that same day. So this is the 1st of February in Billings, Montana at 4.46 p.m. Mountain Time. Then the fall, uh, two days later, it was, so the, I didn't, see where or i didn't get any kind of uh of uh, I, I guess um correspondence with where the hell it went between the the first the afternoon on the first to the third but it, it just wasn't seen again so i don't know if it was going over cornfields or anything like that but i'll actually go into the to the areas where it did it was seen in a second and that'll give away what kind of yomi was talking about so on the third we have at 8.41 a.m., this is Friday, it went over Sabatha, Kansas. And then at 10 a.m. that same day, it went over the border to Missouri. It was at St. Joseph's, Missouri. And that was 10 a.m. And then by by 11.56 a.m. to 12.28 p.m., that was when live video was captured of it floating over Cameron, Missouri. And then by the 4th is when it got towards Yomi's neck of the woods, it was seen at 8.40 a.m. in Asheville, North Carolina. And then 11.15 a.m. in Lancaster, South Carolina. And then it was last seen at 1.30 p.m. in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then the air fighter jet was following it. And at 2.39 p.m. off the shore of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, it was shot down. So, I was curious at first why these particular locations, besides the video that was taken in Cameron, Missouri, why there was confirmation that they were in these areas. So when I did some did some searching, I did some Googling, every single one of these locations, except for excluding Shelby, Montana, has an Air Force base. So this balloon, that's why they have determined that it's being controlled and it's not just random. It, it hit Air Force bases in every one of these states, including Alaska. That's where they didn't tell us the original ETA of it coming into coming into U.S. airspace. So it hovered over an air base in Alaska. It hovered over the air base in Billings, Montana. It hovered over an air base in Sabatha, Kansas. Also, Cameron, Missouri has a huge, huge military base. It's not just the air base. It's, it's National Guard. It's Army. It's, it's, it's a huge, massive area. And then in Asheville, there's also one, an Air Force base. And then is there one in is is there one in Lancaster as well? There's not one in Lancaster. There's one. There's I think two or three bases. This area and North Carolina. There's a lot of bases out here. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of military that lives out here. Like it is a big deal. Um. So. Yeah, they went through and took pictures of places because I know I'll be sitting here working and I'll hear fighter jets flying over us, you know, doing drills. Right. So they're close. They're at least 45 minutes to an hour away. 
but there's many more of them, not just that one. Right. So um, just kind of putting those things together and what Yomi originally said. Now we start looking at the charts that I have here. So when I look at the chart for when it entered Montana for Shelby, Montana, for these charts, specific, actually, I should, I should send you some of these real quick. Um, well, hold on. It's a, what, 2-1 at what time? 4-21 p.m. in Shelby, Montana? 2-21 p.m. At, okay. in Shelby, Montana. 2-21. All right, got it. All right, so typically when we're looking at, like, Hori charts or, like, the event charts, I focus on the angle houses, but we don't really need to do that right now because we know exactly what is going on. There's a balloon floating in our airspace. So... This is, we want to know what the motives are. Motives would be associated with not only Mars and Pluto, but it would be associated um, with conspiracies and secrets, strategies. So the eighth house is self-secrets and strategies. And also it's it being the more, um, I, I guess like, uh, again, I already said strategies, but strategic war moves. Because if you think about the ancient associations with like Scorpio and Aries they used to both be ruled by Mars and they're both associated with you know conflict and war and all that but Scorpio is more secretive and Aries are more confrontational and upfront so when you look at the modern associations instead of uh, Scorpio being with with Mars and with Pluto it's the hidden tactics of war while Mars is like hand-to-hand combat like out in the open kind of thing so when you see this chart we have Mars and Gemini in the 12th house of conspiracies right there. So the reason why this balloon entered U.S. US airspace is because it wanted to collect information to use against the United States. And then we look at the 8th house there. We have the Sun as well as Pluto in that house. Pluto has uh, Pluto and Capricorn is associated with control, tyrannical stuff. We've already talked about that many times before. Um, mm-hmm. So this is basically a power move more or less by the by the ccp that they want to collect information to use against the united states and then you wonder well hmm if that's what the motive of the chart entails when it entered u.s airport uh, airspace where was it going that's where i started to dig into the localities of where it was seen and what it passed over and so i i think that partially biden being bought out by China, he allowed them to do this. But then on the other hand, I think like once they realized it's already like taking its course, I think they wanted to see where it goes to kind of confirm what, cause I'm not, I'm not saying like everybody, you know, that could have contributed to acting on this and shooting it down, like the generals or anything like that. I don't think all of them were like, yeah, stand down. But I think some of them were like, well, it's already in motion. We should see what it's doing to see to confirm our suspicions, which is what I think that I don't know what the military personnel's name was or if it was the secretary or something. I was watching a couple of clips earlier, but he was talking about it. Um, I can't remember his name. Dang it. But anyway, so when we look at the following chart in Billings, Montana, that one's February 1st, 2023, 4.46 p.m. Billings, Montana. We look at the at the the twelfth uh, house and the eighth house. There, we have Black Moon Lilith in there. So this is where the Chinese were trying to originally say it was going to be like a weather balloon or something, or they're doing it for like research or something. And then also the the 
the Venus in the eighth house in Pisces, that is basically they think that they can they can hover over Billings or they're doing it because they think that they have it in with some some specific political figure, aka Biden. I would guess. <laughs> I mean, who else? Who else is kissing ass to China that would you know have the power to shoot this down besides Biden, right? Oh yeah. So basically, they were uh, abusing their their influences or whatever with whoever that they're in bed with, thinking that they can just do this. So Biden knew that they were doing this, and Biden kind of know Biden knows more than than he's letting on, and. He, he may even know that they're planning on using this against the United States. I really don't think he cares. Really. I see something interesting in this one chart. Go for it. All right. So Scorpio is way down in the very bottom in the fourth house. Yep. You have the south node smack dab at the very bottom of that chart. Yep. And everything points out from that south node straight up to hit everything up there. Yep. Including that... Um, Uranus North Node signature, yeah, which we've talked about. You you just mentioned that before we even started talking about these that the Uranus and Taurus signatures um, synchronistic for world wars. Yep. To me, I mean, it it, it you know it looks like when you turn on a flashlight and everything's lit. So whoever's behind that flashlight is the one that's just you know giving the you know the okay basically is how I see it. Right. That's how I'm reading it. Gosh, I should have done. I should have looked up the CCP's chart. I had that on my Facebook at some point for the COVID stuff, but yeah, I can't remember exactly what what the uh, CCP. I was supposed to look that up. Dang it! Hold on. Let me. Maybe I can. Maybe I can do this. Founding. I've already done this research, man. It's just because I switched to so many different computers. <laughs> oh, I know. Don't you hate that? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's see. Founded July 23rd, 2021. Okay, let me see. Uh, let me see if I can input this real quick. Okay, what, what did I just say? 1921. July 23rd, 1921. Ooh, there we go. That's what I meant to say. 23rd, 1921. Wow, so it's like 100 years. Okay. Beijing, China. Yep, that'll do. That'll do. Just give it to me. I just want to get... Okay. Let me do... Send this to you real quick, actually. Just so I can do this super fast. Chat. There it is. There you go. Okay. Um, it's obviously not going to be the right time, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm looking at planets. Um, let's see. Where do they have Scorpio in their chart? I'm curious. They don't have any third, third, fourth house cusp. Oh, okay. All right. They don't have anything there. That's fascinating. I feel like that's the wrong chart then. Oh, but isn't that funny? So their Pluto's opposite the Pluto now. That's pretty fascinating. So, uh, but that that kind of entails like what we already know is going on in China. There's there's a huge like mutiny trying to happen in China, but I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna go anywhere with that. 
but if anyway. this Chiron is correct, they're having their Chiron return as well. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Chiron. And they have Hades and Aries. So, oh, so they're they're like you know conflict driven warmongers that kind of thing. Yeah, like, they're about they're about um God command and conquer. Like my kids play uh Polly used to play a video game called Dynasty Warriors, and it was all about conquering land. Wow. So yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they have they have a son son in Cancer too. Man, that well, that means that Hades is going well, not yet, but but it's at that final degree. That's a critical degree, right? Right? What is that's intense? What is the saving symbol for the 29th degree of Cancer? Let me look. I got, I got you. I got you. I'm pulling it up. Uh, you're the queen of saving symbols. I never know how to look those damn things up. 29. I <laughs> <laughs> see. Where is it? 29:30. So we're gonna use. All right. That one is a Greek muse weighing newborn twins in golden scales. This symbol shows the ability or the necessity of being able to weigh up seemingly similar things and being able to make distinctions between them. In a creative or intuitive way, you may be pressed into making judgments and decisions, but the elements of your judgment are, in many ways, exactly the same. The choices can be confusing because they essentially lead to the same result. The situation is probably brand new. Maybe the answer lies in taking an intuitive punt or waiting for the solutions to become more clear cut. Comparisons and similarities, weighing things up, the law and lawyers, seeking subtle differences, measured responses, using intuition, inspiration, fairness, and equality. Judgmental opinions that are essentially equal, being nitpicky, Constantly weighing things up instead of accepting them and tipping the scales. Well, you see how there's a there's a trine from Eris in Pisces right to that that uh, that sun there. Dang. They yes. live they live to cause disruption in the world. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then then obviously there there are Neptune is in Leo, so like you you have to combine the self centeredness with the delusion part. Oh so, yeah. So like they're so obsessed with uh, uh, themselves and conquering you know things on their own that you know nothing else matters. Which you know anyway, anyway that kind of goes into more about what what they're doing with that stupid balloon. So let's look at. The um, we looked at the Billings, Montana balloon. Then in Kansas, this is in Sabbath, Kansas. It's uh, February third, twenty twenty three, eight forty one a.m. Central Time, Sabbath, S A B E T H A, Kansas. And we have Neptune on the uh, in the first house near the ascendant, which means that they're like this is when. This is Friday, so this is the day before it got shot down. So this is when talks are going on with China, or and they're all like, it's just a weather balloon, guys. We're not doing anything wrong. It's harmless. So the fact that there's Neptune on the Ascendant right here, just this is when talks were going on about how 
we're doing nothing. Because originally I was thinking when I first saw this myself, I was like, are they surveying more farmland so they can buy it or like poison it or something? I thought then, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured as well. Because, I mean, especially going over Kansas, Montana, I'm like, there's nothing fucking out in Montana and Kansas. I mean, the other thing even I thought, and I told um, Devin this, I was like, what if they're trying to get a, a layout of our land to know exactly where they can go, you know, how to attack? I said, because you're taking, you know, you're taking pictures of essentially the entire country from that point all the way down. Right. I'm like, you know, what if we're invaded in a way we don't anticipate? And we just don't know it yet. And it's like they're surveilling all of that information. Yeah. Not just those bases, but people. Right. Yeah. I think that's also like when I was looking at the original chart when they when it entered into Montana. Mm-hmm. And I saw Neptune in the 10th house. I got this indication from that looking at that, that they actually think that like they they came in that way and they're not going to be seen. Because there's nobody who lives in Montana or something. I it, I almost get this feel, like, because a lot of foreigners, too, like, have that idea of the United States. They're like, yeah, there's Hollywood over here. There's Texas. There's the South. There's New York. And nobody knows what else is, is in between, right? So no. it's almost like with that Neptune being right there, they thought that, oh, well, it's harmless. We're just, you know, roaming and... They won't even catch on to it until we're, like, already doing what we want to do kind of thing. So, it, it, was, it was just funny. And then we look at, again, uh, looking at the Kansas chart. So, pulling that up. So, we look at the, the 12th and the 8th house. So, you see that south node in Scorpio in the 8th house there. Also has Poseidon there, which is associated with poisoning and all of that and sabotage. Then we have... Saturn in Aquarius, and it's in in that stellum right there with Vulcan and the Sun. So that's a signature of essentially a, a government abusing something in some way for their own gain for themselves. And again, you see that Venus in in uh, Pisces right there. That I'm just gonna I'm just gonna coin that um, the Biden signature. Because that's basically why they're getting away with all this is because Biden is letting it happen. Oh, so yeah. I I have a feeling like he actually had talks with Biden prior to this because I can't imagine that like some of Biden's cabinet or some of the military personnel didn't come to him and say, uh, Mr. President, sir, we've got, you know, something infiltrating our, our air base or our, our air or whatever, our international air. Oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about. Airspace. There we go. Yes. That that there we go. Yeah, so that that right there is just, and it's not even so much that Biden wants them to do this; it's that they kind of like have their hand up his ass, like like he's their puppet. He has he has to do what they want him to do, and I think it's either because he's been bought out by them, or he, they have so many secrets that he's involved in that they that he has to let them do whatever they want. So I'm just like, wow. So I think it's really funny too how they're going on about saying that Trump. So think about the psychology of this. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going forward and telling everybody that Trump also allowed this to happen. And I, the second I saw that, I said, the fuck Trump allowed this to happen? Trump I laughed. Sh- yeah, I Trump laughed. shot that thing out of the sky himself. He's like, Pretty much. Would, he's like, I would like to go into the Air Force one. 
and go watch you guys blow it out. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> and then he'd go on a rally right after he did it. I blew up the balloon. <laughs> I blew up the balloon and I saw it. I was there. And everyone be going wild. Maga! <laughs> He's like, I framed a piece of the balloon and put it on my wall. Oh <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the, so again, looking at the eighth house, the south node, um, the south node being in the eighth house right there, that's our, we're, we're, we're experiencing a repeat of something important. And what is opposite of the south node it is Uranus and Taurus. Oh, yes. So exactly what Yomi was talking about. Ding, ding, ding. Now how the J- Japanese were spying on us before they attacked us. This is exactly what this is. And, oh, yeah. you know, Uranus is going to be in Taurus for... Oh, my goodness. I usually know this. And I, I forget sometimes. Hold on. Let me go a couple years ahead. We'll see. I will say this. Beware, because a distraction will be coming soon. Yeah. We're putting too... Everyone's paying too much attention to this. There will be another distraction that comes. And, like, my husband's been saying to me now for the last month, y'all need to get yourselves... Um, make sure you guys have stuff to protect yourselves with. I'll just put it that way. Right. Yeah, so Uranus is in Taurus until April 2026. So, in between now and then... Is that supposed to be that that signature for war? So, oh yeah, I mean the Earth is unstable. Yeah, yeah. Taurus is ruled by Venus, absolutely. But me being a Taurus, I I mean I feel more that it's it's more of an Earth element than anything else, and it and it does rule Earth itself. Right. And Earth right now it's 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 not stable. It's very shaky. We've had earthquakes. Yes, we're going to talk about that too. But one positive silver lining I feel I'm seeing through this. Okay, so let's imagine it's 2024. Trump runs again, and he's running again, and he's elected, okay? And think about this. So in 2026, April 2026, right before Trump's birthday, that's when Uranus is going to go into Gemini. And guess who else has Uranus in Gemini? Trump. Trump does. Yes, and that's what makes him like an unstoppable like oh, you know what I mean? I like, know. You cannot fuck with that man. And you know what? He's going to be in his element literally. So we like, had peace in the 4 years he was in office. Yeah, so he's going to do some crazy shit. Like mm-hmm. he might be the one that instigates the war with China. Because I think China's just going to continue to creep in and creep in. There's a chance that China could attack us, sure, before Trump comes back in office. But if they don't, mm-hmm. I think Trump is going to just go, you know, I know you guys are about to, you know, do something or attack us or something like that. So we're just going to attack you now. And I think it's going to be really wild. I mean, I'm, I'm not, ex- I'm not like going, yeah, this is going to be awesome. But I don't, th- I, I, I have faith that Trump is going to pull some really crazy, you know, 3D chess going on stuff and yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, man. Like that's Oh, well, I'm hoping too. Oh, man. But I yeah. I mean, but I I also see it this way too. It's there's something that I don't know if many people know about, but China has been their work, their people, they they say, the media says that China's workers have not been working. 
And because as a result of that, we're seeing the shortages we're seeing when we go shopping at this point. Right. Because we can't get certain things. They're revolting. Uh, what if the government is not making them basically manufacture their stockpiles to get themselves ready for war? Right. Yeah. Stalin I mean, did that. Hitler did that. Wait, explain. Explain. explain okay, that. well, Stalin, back in World War II, when he was working with Hitler, his people, um, they were a communist nation. So what the what they did it it was all it was like it is today about Russia. It's all about the motherland. You do it for the motherland. Right. Well, they spent years manufacturing. People were working in their factories manufacturing the things that they needed for war. Just like uh-huh. we did when we went into the war in in World War II. Our women went to the factories to work. Right. Who's to say that China is not getting themselves ready? And just not producing for the United States like they have been. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, look, I still have some more charts for the for the balloon because the balloon go, went, the blue went through Montana, it went through Kansas, then it went through Missouri. So it went through Saint Joseph, Missouri, which apparently is there's nothing out there. My my solar fire software couldn't even determine where that was so it kind of just made up uh, uh, the closest point it could find and i was like well, what the hell's out there then and i did look and see it was another air force base so february 3rd 2023 friday 10 a.m central standard time and it put in so i don't even know if i'm gonna say this right let's just spell it out s-a-l-c-e-d-o missouri salcedo salcedo thank you <laughs> so <laughs> Awesome. I love how you can just, you know, you, you pick up where I can. No problem. I got you. <laughs> so we look at this chart. We have Eris on the ascendant. So there's some sort of disruption going on during this time. And then when we look into the 12th house of conspiracies, we've got again, the Biden signature there. We also have it close. Uh, we have Neptune near that as well. Then we also have Jupiter in there. So Jupiter and Aries also has been pioneering and collecting information for something. So they have an agenda or whatever that they're doing, obviously. And it's being covered by Biden. So I don't know when Biden, do you know when Biden came out and like said, oh, it's nothing or first acknowledged it in a press conference or anything like that? I think it was Tuesday morning. He went to talk about, I think it was job numbers. He came out for some announcement. And Mm -hmm. instead was met with reporters asking him about the balloon situation. So it was Tuesday early morning. Okay. And, but was that just kind of prompted by, by people asking him or did he willingly talk, bring it up? No, the reporters were asking him. I don't know how he handled it because I didn't get to watch it, but I heard, but I saw that it was breaking when it happened. So I'm pretty sure he didn't want to answer those questions. Yeah, I'm gathering he probably, I probably will look back at that later. I hate watching his press conferences. They hurt my head. And I think like, Juicy delivered as well, I heard. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So. I think I think that's the guy I saw a clip of earlier That's that was trying to say we're not sure. We didn't, him saying we didn't want to shoot it down because of safety. Or I'm like, whatever. They don't mm-hmm. care about our safety, fucking liars. Anyway, so. <laughs> so uh then we see the eighth house um is empty 
but it does have Scorpio there. So uh, just, again, them continuing on with the same reasons why they did it before, just for control. And I don't, I don't know how to interpret necessarily the Pluto-Mercury conjunction in the 10th house besides... Uh, I, th- I, th- well, maybe this is, this is when I would, I would guess that that would be translated to, this would be the time that the military starts to kind of talk to Biden or whoever was in charge of making the call to shoot it down and say, yeah, I think we kind of have to do something about this at this point, because I think everybody kind of like overlooked this or didn't think it was a big deal until it, until about Thursday or Friday, right? Yeah, until people started making a big deal about it. Right, right. And, and started to put those pieces together that you put together. Where Why are they hitting bases? Yes. And then the next chart is still in Missouri. This was at 11.56 a.m., February 3rd, 2023, Friday, Cameron, Missouri. This was actually when somebody recorded it. And the window for when it was recorded was 11.56 a.m. to 12.28 p.m. So I wanted to animate the chart here. So initially at the 11.56 a.m. mark, we have Mars in the first house. We also have Uranus and Taurus with the North Node and Eris in, in the 12th house of conspiracies. So basically the this is the precursor for some sort of war and conflict causing a disruption and violating our space. That's the that's the uh, Eris Curon in the twelfth house as well. Eighth house is also empty right there. So remember, the eighth house is self secrets. So the reason why I attribute there being empty eighth houses at this point is because the balloon is no longer a secret. <laughs> so this is when it's becoming widely known to everybody. Because I do think it's some on some level. It, I haven't actually watched the news report, so if anybody can confirm that, that's fine. Um, that Biden and the Biden administration was trying to keep this on the down low and hush about it until people started capturing their own videos of it, talking about it on social media. I even noticed that there's a hashtag for like 5,000 something uses on Twitter with the Chinese spy balloon kind of thing. Cause you know, yeah. I, I know Elon would not let that slide. Well, look, the sun's in the 10th house. So whatever what, it's, it's, it's clearly visible by the collect. Everybody is seeing it. Yep. By 1156, there is no denying at that time that the, that the, the entire collective knew about this, this whole, you know, the balloon itself, period. Right. And remember, too, the 11th house in Aquarius rules social media. Yep. So that being in the 10th house right there, that's why this this is the chart for the moment that somebody captured it on their phone and yep. it probably went viral. Yeah, this is that so. moment. Yeah, and it's like, and that's where they go. Damn, internet, sons of bitches. Right? <laughs> they, they created it. Kids back on TikTok and spy on the American people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that, you, that's what I think, that's what I love about the internet being created because if you look at the astrology of it, the, the Uranus-Pluto conjunction was the ingenuity and the transformation genius to create computers, but the World Wide Web is ruled by Neptune. And nothing yep. can control Neptune. Nothing. Yep. So once they created it and they make it accessible to people, they would literally have to destroy all the technology to get it away from them. Yeah. Yeah. But and, see, what's crazy, too, is that I think at one point I had heard, you know, that a lot of people were saying that 
it's gonna it would be us the average person reporting what's really going on on the ground because you can't trust the media and that's what's happening now that's that's you know the um i think synchronicity with our pluto return too because even though yeah we're we're going through the tyrannical part of our government abusing us and then like basically vicariously being the british monarch and all that all over again we have to look at the other side of this as potential right so what was going on in the united states during the the founding of the the country right we were all struggling to sustain ourselves build our own gardens you know be self-sufficient uh, you know, the dream was to, to you know, travel and find our own land to call home and establish ourselves. We were, that's when, you know, the Pony Express was started and, and people were, uh, you know, um, making local newspapers and it was all local stuff. That is what I'm hoping happens with, you know, the dissolving of federal bureaucracy and the federalization of everything, like especially what Kennedy did in the 60s. I'm hoping that that all dissolves. And of course, there's there's going to be blood. There's going to be suffering. It's going to be hard. It's it, like it was hard back then, too. I mean, everybody, you know, paints it with, uh, the, you know, looks at it through rose-colored glasses with how great the revolution was. But the revolution was hard. Oh, and yeah. Reason, and, you know, we're going to have to work for that again. Especially if you know that dynamic, that meme that I always see that says, Hard times create uh, strong people and good times create weak people. Yeah. We are at the tail end of the good times create weak people. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> shit is hard now. It's going to be hard. It's going to continue to be hard. And only the people that, you know, um, have their wits about them and are resourceful and willing to put in the work and yeah. willing to stand up for themselves and do what they have to do are going to be the ones that survive, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. You know? No, you're absolutely right. You're yep. absolutely right. Because one thing, too, that they dealt with back then, and another reason why they revolted was because they were taxed. Yep. They were being taxed to support a, you know, a king. And y'all, yep. I don't know if y'all been watching the news or if it's been reported on mainstream media, but people are not getting back very much on their tax returns this year. So now, just like they were taxed back then, we're in that same boat, y'all. Same right. boat. And we're in that Pluto return. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I'm. that's another thing I'm hoping. Like, you would think that maybe people might be mad about the taxes, but I don't think that's necessarily going to be, like, the catalyst for it. No, I don't think so. It'll, it'll add to the pile of basically shit of reasons or the list of shit reasons why we don't like the dude. Yeah, I think the revolt's just going to be like a um, a secondary response to us just having to um, fend for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, when we get to a point where, like, the average person has a garden, has their own chickens, does their own thing, doesn't have to go to the stores and stuff like that. And, you know, I, and they don't really have to answer, quote-unquote, to the government as much as they would have to have done before. I think that that's when it's just going to become like, why do we need you? Which, oh yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll turn into. I I don't think that we're gonna escape this, uh, you know, unscathed, like not having any physical conflict or physical war with our government. I think on some level, eventually, it will happen. 
but I, I hope it's not as bad as, as the uh, Revolutionary War or anything like that. We'll see. But, I mean, I guess I would... You could theoretically call it another civil war for against our government to us instead of it being against civilian to civilian, but I'm not sure. Anyway, we're getting really sidetracked with that, but... I know. Let me keep going, because we still have one, two, three, four more charts. So, the CCP balloon seen in North Carolina, that's February 4th, 2023, 8.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Asheville, North Carolina. And we look there, we have Biden's signature conjunct with with Neptune on the ascendant right there. So this is the the uh, Saturday. And I think that this this signature here, although it could translate to being elusive, it people are kind of putting it together that Somebody allowed the the Chinese to do this to make it all the way over across the continental United States, and they're they're basically going to start blaming people for this, pointing fingers. I don't know if there's actually any news reports of people blaming Biden for this yet, but there's going to be some sort of manifestation like the or there would have been Saturday about how something needs to be done about this. We're being too too lenient on this. You see that we also have that, that Saturn and the sun and Vulcan in the 12th house of conspiracies. And then again, now we see that South node again in the eighth house. So again, the emphasis on power control, um, is it specifically just an, it's just an air force base. That's in Asheville, right? Say what? Is it, is it just a, an air force air force base that's in Nash in Asheville? I believe so. Uh, but as you were talking about that, I was actually looking up because you mentioned about um, backlash, if anyone's been blaming Biden. Right. So I did find something. So on February 3rd at 9.31 a.m., there's even a timestamp, nice. NBC News reports that Republicans blast Biden saying suspected Chinese spy balloon proves that the U.S. isn't deterring China. Yep. There we go. They're saying that the balloon should have been shot down. Yep. Yeah. I did hear something about how the GOP wanted something done, more done than what was done. Yes. And I'm like, yep. Uh, and the, the thing that's stupid is that the the device was probably already transmitting information straight to China before it even got shot down. Oh, yeah. that Yeah. I, I felt the same way, too, when I heard about it. I was like, that thing has been transmitting this whole time. Yep. This whole so, time. So then Biden just conveniently shoots it down after it's done? Exactly. That's what like, I said when they shot it down. I said, what was the point now? It, it, it fulfilled the mission it was made for. Yep. What's the point? I mean, because even think about it, too. Like, so let's say, let's say, let's go with like what you said about Japan, right? Let's see if it's synchronicity. What if, a, what if a, an, an air, like an airship just was going over through Alaska. And what's funny too is this balloon started in Japan. Now that I think about it, I did I did read that. It started in Japan or it came from China obviously, but it went around Japan and then it went around the peninsula, it went around Alaska, and then it came through down Canada and then it came through the United States. What if that's like a, like a a um a path where they're just going to start dropping bombs, you know? Hey, you never know. Right. You never know. That could be the track that 
their they that they fly their you know the missile track that they decide yep. to shoot this way if they do that or whichever you know if they decide to send fighter pilots whatever they do that could be it but I mean for them to get intel on our bases they're wanting to know what we've got exactly yep yep uh, I think that's that's my concern because if you go after the bases you cripple the military. That's what happened at Pearl Harbor and it also happened in Midway. Yep. You know, it could it could happen again. It's a shame that it, it wasn't stupid enough to go over Area 51 because that shit would have been gone. Yeah. <laughs> they, they yeah. Took, you can't even go anywhere. Like, if you... You obviously heard of the storm at Area 51. They didn't even go near the gate, like the actual fence fence. But uh-huh. if you, you even go around the perimeter of Area 51... It, you don't even get close enough to like see see the the gate itself, and you already got um, unmarked vehicles coming up to try to stop you and threaten oh, yeah. to arrest you. I've Some been near that road that you take to go there, and let me tell you, highway, yeah, it looks creepy as hell. When I was yeah. up there and I was on and I was looking at that road, I'm like that. I'm like I'm like I feel so scared standing here. I need to just leave. <laughs> That's right. You lived in. Ve- That's right. You did live in Vegas for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. You oh can't. I mean, it's it's an interesting energy out there, but at the same time, it's a very creepy type of energy that you feel. I mean, right. that's how I felt. I mean, it was awesome, but there was just there was something weird about it. Oh yeah, babe. Babe never wants to go back to Nevada again. Yeah, like like I've I've said I want to go, but then at the same time I'm like. Do I really want to go? Yeah. I told him, I said, if we go back to Vegas, we could just fly there and just fly yeah. right out. Yeah. Cause he's just like, he's like, I don't even know if I want to do that. But I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me. I understand. Yeah. Cause you know, he used to have a Taurus rising when he was lived in Massachusetts, but then like when he moved over here, he's got a Pisces rising now. So he's oh, already man. got like that intuitive sense and now he's a Pisces rising. So now like everything's super, super easy for him to like feel the energy. And when uh-huh. I took him to Nevada, he's like, this whole place feels off. It yeah, it does. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, I can't feel it. And then he's like, What? And I was like, I was I was born here. I'm just but see, a- yeah. Arizona, love it. Flagstaff, oh my god, I want to live there. But I don't think I can go back to Nevada like that that quickly. I can't. Mm-mm. Yeah. I even felt better in California than I did in Nevada, but that's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, getting way sidetracked. Sorry, guys. So anyway, so that's that's the gist for the North Carolina. So the, oh, one thing in the North Carolina chart. So you notice that the Pluto Mercury uh, uh, conjunction there is now in the eleventh house. So this is being mm-hmm. taken towards social media, and this is also insinuating that there there might have been there might have been an official like. Um, discussion maybe publicly that they're they're going to do something about it or this was they might have warned china it through certain channels or something something was going on where it was being communicated on a bigger scale that they were going to do something about this so then we look at the following chart that's lancaster south carolina that's for february 4th saturday 2023 11 15 a.m yomi says it's between like what what time did you say you saw it? Between 11 and 11.15, definitely, because okay. that's when I saw it outside. Yep. So we see 
um, Uranus in, in the first house this time. It's no longer in the 12th house of conspiracies. So basically whatever is being planned at this moment is going to essentially be starting conflict of some way, shape, or form. And then we have Eris, Chiron, Jupiter, all in the 12th house, 12th house of conspiracies. So there's going to be some sort of disruption with the with the attempts or actions to collect information and then then you see the neptune and the the venus uh, the biden aspect in the 11th house there also with saturn that's indicating that this is now being uh, this is now public knowledge there's some criticism coming towards or it's publicly known that biden has either been kind of you know shooing this under uh, to the side or sweeping under the rug or there's just been some sort of neglect to act going on. And then we have nothing in the eighth house again, because you know, the balloons no longer a secret. Um, Then we look at the Myrtle beach, South Carolina chart. This is just sped forward to 1 30 PM Myrtle beach, South Carolina. And we have Mars again in the, in in the house of conspiracies as well as we have uranus there too so this is when supposedly this is this is the moment when there was an air jet or a whatever a, an air force jet that was following the balloon so i would assume that if that thing takes amazing pictures that it probably got pictures of the jet coming for it before right. it got blown up so, and so that would be associated with the the Chiron and the Eris in the eleventh house. It being known to the uh, publicly that something was being done to disrupt and violate this this thing, and and then again, the Pluto and Mercury is in the eighth house of secrets again. So communicating some sort of uh, power struggle. So, uh, so what this actually tells me is that. Before Biden decided to shoot it down, or sometime in between, it, it I don't know if it happened pr- prior to the balloon's excursion or whatever, but Biden had some sort of discussion, or whoever was covering for this, had some sort of discussion with China that we are going to shoot it down to make it look like we did something, but we'll let you do what you're going to do first. And that's basically what that Pluto-Mercury conjunction in the 8th house would mean. It, it meant that there was some sort of discussion about the strategy of when to do that. So, because think about it, really. If we shot down something that China was doing and, like, we really screwed up something that they were doing and we don't really have any, um, like, leverage against them, wouldn't China come back at us, like, twofold, like, all psycho? Oh, yeah, they'd retaliate. You're right. So now they're all just kind of going... We don't think it's fair that you shot that down. <laughs> I like, know. That's why I'm sitting here like when they did it and I'm like, okay, they're not going to do nothing to you because they got what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that the whole shooting it down when it was off the, off the, the coast is a stunt. Yeah, it was. It was just, it was optics is what I, is what I like to call them. Optics to make themselves look good. Yeah. And that's what that Pluto Mercury represents too. And you look at that, that's also a specting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's got a trine to the Uranus right there. It's also yep. got a square to Zeus. Um, 
It's got um, a Quincunx to the Ascendant. Um, and then it's also got a semi-square to tra um, the Trans-Pluto signature in the fourth house. So it, he, he was in, basically what this chart says is that this was just staged to make it look like that there's not some sort of huge power grab currently going on with this information intel. And then we look at the chart for when it was shot down. So we have our speculations already. This one is February 4th, 2023, 2.39 p.m. I just put Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, because I don't have any closer locality than that. The news reports did say for Myrtle Beach residents that they see any debris uh, come up on the shore to call the authorities. So I figure using Myrtle Beach would be okay. So again, in the 12th house, we have, we have Mars there in Gemini. Eighth house, we have Pluto and the Sun there. So this is just this this is just for show. So with the Sun and Pluto both being in the eighth house, they had to flex their muscles and make it look like they were going to actually do something to the Chinese in retaliation for this. But you notice we have Neptune in the tenth house. That's deception or confusion. Again, we said that that's going to be a huge theme throughout this month, and. Again, when Neptune's usually on the angles and the government is, is engaging in something, they're usually, it's usually a false flag or deception or it's uh, staged, that kind of thing. So, and you see that Neptune there, it's got aspects to Black Moon Lilith and the moon. It's got aspects to Part of Fortune. It's also got aspects to the South Node. So, you know, it, it's it's got a lot. It's got a lot of things going on, deceiving wise. So, it, with the aspect to the moon, it's basically like this whole thing was staged to make Americans feel better about the whole situation. Because if everybody would have just played played dumb and they didn't capture that that footage and it didn't go viral, and the whole United States citizens were like stupid and they didn't see any of this. The, the mainstream media probably would have never even talked about this. The news would have never brought it up. And they would have just let that thing go. Oh, yeah. But until it became a huge sensation, that's when they decided to do something about it. So, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> oh, my God. I hate Biden so much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. I had a lady literally tell me today on the phone that I was selling her a policy. She's like... I blame this regime for what we're all going through. And this regime is going to destroy the old people in this country. And I wanted so badly to say, ma'am, I 100% agree with you. But I can't talk politics at work. So I was like, ma'am, I'm like, I unfortunately cannot comment on that. It's, yep. I will tell you it's inflation. Yeah. <laughs> but she knew what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, like, I, I've never actually hated a president this bad. And it's like, I'm not even like usually like that. I'm just kind of like, yeah. I'm just like, I see all this shit happening. And and then like, I look at the charts. And I'm like, why is this happening? And I'm like, oh my God, it's him. I was like, why is this happening? Oh, wow, it's him. And I was like, even thinking back to like my student loan fiasco, he's the senator that signed the whole no doing forgiveness kind of plans for student oh loan God. debt. I'm like, are you serious? This one motherfucker is like the sole source of 80 to 90% of all my life problems. <laughs> Girl. Like, like, ugh. 
You know what I see when I see him? What? And anyone my age will know who exactly who I'm talking about. Elmer Fudd from Looney Tunes. I think El- I think that's an insult to Elmer Fudd. I know that, but <laughs> just this just how dumb he is. It's like, come on, dude. No. You know, I don't even think he's I think he's senile for sure. Yes. But I don't even think he's that dumb. I just think his because cogn- uh, bear with me for a second. So when you're lying or being deceptive, there's a certain like um, uh, firing that goes off in certain parts of the electrons in your brain in the prefrontal cortex that 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 basically lights up when you're lying. So ah. and that's all. That's also one of the first parts of your brain to really go with dementia oh. or deteriorating that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of the time when he looks dazed and confused and out of it is that he can't remember his stick that he's supposed to pitch. Oh no, yeah, you see him all the time. He looks lost on stage. Yeah, like it... if you're if you're just talking to him about like random stuff he doesn't have to lie about, he can he can hold for the most part a conversation. But when he's got to stick to like he knows the truth inside, but he's got to distort that in a certain way. Uh-huh. The the mechanism in his brain that goes from knowing the truth to spitting out the distorted narrative is jumbled up, and that's what causes all the distortion. So you know, and and I think like that's why he used to still do that way back when he was a senator, but he was more cognitively able to yeah. lie to people, and now he can't lie to people anymore. So now he either looks like a total dumbass or he can be honest. But see, in 1984, he tried to run for president, lied, yes, lied on top of this. And the media literally turned his back on him and was like, this man can never run for president. What? There's video of this on YouTube. And it baffles me how when he ran for president, this, this video was in heavy, heavy, heavy rotation. And it's like they still voted him in. That's what told me the fix was in. Because how was it that in the 80s, the media basically said, hell no, you're a liar. And now you're embracing the guy. That, you know, another thing that's being reported um, is that DeSantis, as much as many people love him, and I like DeSantis, supposedly there's deals being made with Shapiro and the Daily Wire and with other mainstream media organizations to basically trash Trump and speak highly of DeSantis so that when he gets out there to run, he's the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ben Shapiro doesn't like, uh, doesn't like Trump. No. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We've known that for a while, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's naturally going to talk up DeSantis Primarily because he lives in Florida as well. That is true. So, I mean, and and Ben Shapiro is the co-CEO of Daily Wire. So, I mean, a lot of his, uh, a, a lot of his uh, opinions and stuff definitely trickles down to the whole company. But, you know. Yes, uh, I Matt, have read that. Yeah, I, I do watch a couple of the different people, but I actually, I actually canceled my subscription to Daily Wire because... I don't, I feel like their content is going a little bit more towards, like, I I didn't want to pay for them to, I didn't want to pay for a subscription to watch them make fun of people on TikTok. That's kind of, because that's where a lot of their content's going to. I see, They're like 
making they they think that they're doing like this this uh contribution to the culture war and if their contribution to the culture war is repeatedly saying how retarded all these tiktok people are that's not doing anybody anything <laughs> so no you're I, adding I, to the problem yeah, so I'm like, well, if you want to give some sort of constructive thing, then that's fine. But, like, you're just squabbling and you're stooping to their level. It's kind of how I feel. Like, I, I think that we should address cultural problems. Like, I think what Matt Walsh did with, like, the What is a Woman documentary was brilliant. I also think what he did in Loudoun County, you've heard about that, right? I th- yeah, I have. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so basically what he did is he went and he rented a basement from somebody who lives in Loudoun County, uh, Virginia. And he, so he could go to a PTA meeting about uh, gender, gender neutral bathrooms or something like that. Cause uh, a girl in a middle school or a high school, she was raped by a fellow classmate that was pretending to be a girl. Oh my gosh. And they, and the school board covered it up. So not only were they continuing to allow the gender neutral bathrooms, but they were covering up actual rapes going on in the school. And then they didn't even discipline the kid that did it. Because he was transgender and they didn't want to, you know, cause a controversy. Yes. So so when, I can't remember what, what news organization found that, but it wasn't the Daily Wire. But the Daily Wire got word of it and then Matt Matt Walsh decided to go there, rent out somebody's basement so he could say he's an actual, like, you know, cow, uh, paying uh, taxpayer or some shit. Where yeah. he could go to this PTA meeting and he made it a huge spectacle of it. And that's what turned turned over the, the school board and all that the voting with the school boards and and everything in virginia that is and, cool and contributed to the red wave that happened in virginia which i thought was really cool i think going at the cultural war like that is a great idea oh but yeah then, but then you know calling people stupid on from tiktoks just that's not helping anybody and oh, then no, it doesn't i mean i know they're trying to appeal to a younger audience but you don't to me, you don't fight that kind of culture war with the same energy. Right, right. And then the other thing, too, like, I love Matt. I loved Matt. I still like Matt Walsh. And I liked, like, Michael Knowles, the other guy that's on Daily Wire. Mm-hmm. But I think they should kind of... I'm not saying that they can't share their religious views on, on there. But they should kind of keep their personal biases to themselves because they're alienating their base. Like, when when the guys started going on about how astrology is evil michael knows oh my how gosh astro- yes i heard about that yeah he started going on about how astrology is evil and all that and you know it, and i'm just like, like wow dude i was like you know i totally respected you like it's okay if you believe that but why are you why are you telling everybody that and, and then matt walsh he likes to make fun of pagans he thinks that they're like he can't he can't respect the and I've left some comments even too even when I was paying for Daily Wire which they're supposedly supposed to listen to their yeah. constituents but I was just like I'm not speaking for all people of the you know, polytheist polytheistic persuasion but there are a good chunk of us who are conservative leaning and I think you're doing a huge disservice by basically painting them all as those crazy TikTok you know um, polyamorous social justice warrior people and i i would appreciate it if you educated yourself a little bit and maybe you know understood that you're just alienating some of your base and just hurting your own following and none of them listened to me and i was like well that's fine it wasn't n- not like i was act- expecting them to roll out the carpet and listen to what yeah. i have to say but i was like well i've made my comments about it 
I didn't get anything from anyone. And I was like, I'm just going to cancel my subscription. It just, it expired anyway. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to renew. Yeah, I don't blame and, you. And then the other thing that got me too is Ben Shapiro, despite, despite him being Jewish, the thing that really threw me off last year was when the way they were covering the Ukraine thing. They were covering it just like all the mainstream media does. Girl, yes. That's what made me seriously start to not like him back then. And my husband's like, I mean, he talks highly of this dude. I'm like, you can talk highly about him all you want. I said, but if you're going to sit here and report the same BS, then you're, you're in the same bed as the snakes. Right. Right. So, and then what, what I heard from behind the scenes, because that drama that just recently happened with Steven Crowder. I think we were originally going to talk about that, but you know, yeah. that, that's whatever. That's nothing compared to what we're talking about today. But when I was, I was really watching the Steven Crowder slash the Ben Shapiro drama. Um, Steven Crowder, even though uh, I think it's wrong what he did. Um, when he said flat out that there are some stories that Ben won't cover, or there's certain things that like Ben tries to kind of soften the, the, the vibe so he could, you know, be able to market himself more on Facebook and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's all that's all true. And I do think that that is bleeding over into some of the stories. Because think about it, if they would have really if they would have done what we did in our in our uh, you know, Russian Ukraine conflict podcast, yeah. They they would have lost uh revenue with their their advertisers and they probably would have got that shit kicked off Facebook and they would have got, you know, docs on their YouTube channels and stuff like that. If they would have done that. And yeah. at this point, and at this point, unfortunately, the Daily Wire has turned into a lucrative, biz- profitable business. Yes, and I think that they're at this this very important cr- crossroad where they have to test their integrity versus if money matters to them. And I'm yeah. not saying that money shouldn't matter. I'm just saying that like don't they're at the crossroads of selling their souls for this company, and I really do think that. In a way, what what Stephen Crowder was talking about—that they're sellouts to big tech—I do agree with him to a certain extent. But um, Stephen Crowder would have done the same thing if they would have given him the money he wanted. So, you know. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I kind of agree where he came from because he was saying how how if you got you know banned on YouTube or on Facebook, they were taking a percentage of your salary from you. And then if you didn't have a certain amount of listeners or if you called out or if you weren't there for the amount of days that they expect you to be there, I was like, yeah, I mean, that is a pretty like crazy contract, but I did, yeah, I, no, I looked into the contract. So I, I actually looked into that uh-huh. and I found out what that was about. So basically what they're saying is if you have to do four shows a week and if you miss a show, you don't get paid for that show. So I mean, that's understandable. So the fee is supposed to be deducted as if you didn't, you're not getting paid for that show. Okay. That's what that contract is. Yeah. So okay. it seemed really crazy the way he, he, persuaded the way he, he, yeah, the way that he presented it was weird. Yeah. And that was the intention. He was trying to like make as much attention as he could because he basically what happened is he was part of blaze, the blaze TV or whatever. And, uh, Basically, he was let go, and he isn't contracted with anybody. You know that mug club thing that Stephen Crowder was doing? Yes. That mug club royalties all goes to the Blaze. So even with Stephen Crowder being let go out of contract from the Blaze, he and doesn't Glenn get to Beck's, take... And Glenn Beck yeah. sold, the, sold the Blaze as well, which I thought was the most dumbest thing he could have done. 
Right. So basically, he lost all his followers on the Mug Club. He lost all the rights to that and everything. So Steven Crowder is basically starting from scratch. And he's trying to like create a big scene on YouTube to get attention. Because I, lo- I looked at the charts for this. That's why we were going to, that's why I was originally going to talk about this today. Yeah. I looked at, I looked at the charts for Steven Crowder and it, it basically said that he thought that he, he had Pluto, Pluto, uh, or not Pluto, um, Blackman, Lilith, and Leo. So, and I have that too. And I know what that's like. That's uh, actually, let's, it's right here. Here's the here's the uh, description for Black Moon Lilith and Leo. It says this is a fiery sign in Leo in your birth chart, indicating that sometimes you believe that other people are taking advantage of your good nature. You believe that you give, give, and give and get little in return. In fact, you might not be aware of just how much others are doing for you. In fact, it is highly possible that this is you're the one that is taking and taking and taking and not acknowledging the support that you actually receive. The positive side of this is honesty. You know these traits exist, and you need to address them, and you you will do so. You need to acknowledge your your need to shine and you, to support others that offer you the gratitude that you that you truly feel. Once you've done this, you'll be able to give back. So, and it says uh, there's an opportunity to bring the unconscious self defeating behavior into light, where it can no longer run amok. So these are people that think they're they're doing the right thing, which that's the that's the narrative that Stephen Crowder was pushing. With this, yeah. But when find out, oh, so the whole timeline is in October they gave him the contract or they gave him an offer. Then they were talking about it in negotiations up until December, and then he made this uh, big con uh, domain name for his website that he launched in that video he posted in January, Uh and basically he was going back and forth with Daily Wire and says that he wanted fifty million a year instead of twelve. It was $30 million a year instead of twelve, And they said that we can't afford to do that. So they said, we're just not going to, uh, you know, no hard feelings. We're just going to um, stop with the negotiations. So then Steven Crowder was just like chummy and talking to them. And then he framed them to sound like they're the, like they were trying to screw him over in, in January because he was doing it for attention, essentially. So oh if if they would have given him the money he asked for, he would have signed it. So wow, <laughs> yeah, I love like, it. Oh, oh my god, you can't trust anyone nowadays. But you know, again, no. that's that's why I really like the the people who are the grassroots, the the people on the ground that really want to share their truth. Yes, like those are the people to go to and i think i think the important lesson that we can all learn from mainstream media and even from like conservative outlets and stuff like that or even the progression of the daily wire or even steven crowder is that you know it, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket don't go to one source for information go to multiple sources for information and make your conclusion from there or like what me and yomi do we use astrology to make our conclusions like the same thing with steven crowder and daily wire I like Steven Crowder. I like Daily Wire. You know, I have my qualms with them, but, you know, for the most part, I'll watch them over anything else. And when this started going on, I was really torn because I was like, damn. And that's what I saw in a lot of comments from people, too. I was like, damn, you know, I really like Steven Crowder and I really like Daily Wire and I don't know who to believe. And they're both like saying they're terrible people. And I'm like, well, astrology will have to tell us the answers then. Exactly. And, that's, and you know, that's where... My issues with Daily Wire, things that 
things that Steven Crowder said about them selling out to big tech is true. But Steven Crowder was also going to do the same. And, and and did Steven Crowder, was he telling the truth in some of that? Or was he at least like speaking and saying that he's like doing this for a good cause? He theoretically was. and But he also did it out of spite. So he he made himself look like he was telling the truth and, and coming out and like revealing to the world what people should really know. But he did it in a retaliation for not getting what he wanted. Yeah, it came, yeah, came across like little kid can get what he wants. His yes. Yep. 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 And he's a, he's a cancer born the same year as me. So he's only like two, three months off of me. And, you know, I see a lot of people in my generation still too, that are just, millennials are just childish brats a lot of them are and you know he's no exception to that and i'm just like you know it, it that's why that's why you should just focus on people's work and not dig into who they are that's what that's the one thing i hate about like all this identity politics stuff is that you're so fixated on who they are first before you listen to them then listening to their content and just forgetting about who they are because sometimes yeah. you know you, you just can't you can't love everything about everybody but anyway what else did I have on here? Yeah, we were going to talk earthquakes. Do we have anything else we want to talk about the, the balloon before we move on to earthquakes? Now we can go to earthquakes. Okay. All right. So recently, I'm sure people have heard there has been some pretty massive earthquakes in Turkey. And I actually did pull up the earthquake.com usgs.gov. And this is a website where you can look at all the most recent earthquakes. You can put them in lists from newest to oldest or largest magnitude. And what I was looking at was the one in Turkey happened um, just today. Actually, one of them happened just today. The 7.5 that devastated all those. um, There's a bunch of like uh, buildings, housing units, whatever crumbling. There's videos that... I can share links on my Facebook too if you haven't seen them yet. But basically, this is a huge aftershock of all these all these uh, earthquakes that are going on. And as of right now, there's 110 earthquakes currently being shown, and all of them have happened from the last two and a half days. So we look to see what is going on with the charts for this. What are the signatures that cause earthquakes? So. As people are, are, are most most of the people know, Uranus, Pluto, and Saturn also can be attributed to earthquakes. I did do some digging. There was another astrologer that, let me see if I, did I save his thing? I think I sent it to you. I just want to give credit where credit is due here. There is a website. Here we go astrology.co.uk slash news slash quakes and it is a individual who did some research about 10 plus years ago about astrology notes and earthquakes he made the correlation between planets moving along saturn virgo libra uranus and pisces axis uh, does trigger earth also the alignment of Uranus and Saturn are associated with earthquakes. He also attributed Aquarius, Saturn in Aquarius, or Uranus in Capricorn are major signatures for seismic, intense seismic activity. 
So we obviously have Saturn and Aquarius as of right now. Why was there this huge cluster that happened, though, just now when Saturn's been in Aquarius for three years, right? We have seen some seismic activity, but not this substantial. So when I looked at the chart for this, we have February 5th, 2023. This is 2.24 a.m. And I don't even know how to say that name. E-K-S-E-R-E, Turkey. And we have the moon that, the full moon that is going to be in opposition, not only with the sun, obviously, but we also have it in a stellum with Saturn and also Vulcan. I know Vulcan has more uh, symbolism with uh, like spiritual symptoms in astrology, but I've always attributed Vulcan as energy hidden deep within, similar to Pluto stuff. So we have a conjunction with Vulcan to, to Saturn and Aquarius. Then we also have that moon there. So on the 5th is when the first 7.5 earthquake happened. There were a couple of them that actually did happen in Turkey that were big. Originally found one that was 7.5 and then 7.8. They So all those, all those dots in the, the map for Turkey are aftershocks, which I thought was wild. Like even some of the aftershocks are de are destroying and demolishing buildings. There's over 3,000 people dead so far. Yeah, it's bad. So when I look at this chart here, we're looking at, let's see. This is, this These is, are yeah. This, fault lines, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Are you looking at the site? I'm not on this. I'm on the pictures. I went to the site. Let me click it. Earthquakes. Yeah, the red lines are fault lines. Okay. You see, like, the whole cluster that happened on the fault lines and then, like, above it? Yeah, I'm going yeah. over to Turkey now. Oh, where are we? That's a lot in one area. Yeah, zoom in on it. It's bad. It's super bad. Yep. Like, I've never seen so many clusters of earthquakes before like that. Like, I have, but, like, not over this short of a period of time. This is literally over a 72-hour period. All these happened. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, the fact that some of these happened right on the the faults is why there's all this, um, all these aftershocks going on. So, it's pretty wild. So, this is this one, the 7.5 earthquake on the 5th, I actually believe that that has to be an, an aftershock one. Let's see. Really, there's so many of them, I can't even... Yeah, there's a ton of earthquakes in there. I can't... To be honest, guys, I can't even... I can't even differentiate which one probably started it because there's so many of no, them. It's kind of hard to tell. <clears throat> Because I'm looking at the but, list here, and it has them listed based on the most recent earthquake. Yeah. Yep. So I have another one for 7.8. This one happened the same day. So the first one that I just I just gave you the chart for was the early morning one. So the first uh, the first major one that was actually causing structural damage happened at about two to three a.m. in the morning in Turkey. This one happened at 5:17 p.m. And this was in, again, I don't know how to say that. that Nerdoggy. That, uh, okay, thank you. There we go. That's what, 
that's what I was trying to say. Yep. So uh, when we look at the chart for that, it's uh, February 5th, 2023, 5.17 p.m. near Doggy Turkey. Then we look for the the now houses, the angles. We have Uranus in the 10th house, which is a signature for, you know, instability. And then there's that Saturn and Vulcan and Aquarius in the 7th house. And then we have that moon right there opposite conjunct with the, uh, or opposite, directly opposite of the sun, sorry, conjunct with the ascendant. So do I think that, I, I do speculate that the moon has something to do with the intensity of the quakes. Because as you watch the dial and you go um, you take the chart and you start inching it forward through the day and it goes and the moon's going to 17 degrees, 18 degrees, 19 degrees. Then as it gets closer to and it Saturn, that's when more of these intense clusters of aftershocks happened. And I did for comparison, I used a different locality. There was a mild earthquake in Buffalo, New York. This happened on February 6th, 2023 at 6.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Buffalo, New York. I just wanted to use a different locality and a different event to see if I was getting the same signature with Saturn or Uranus on the angles. And again, we have Saturn and the Sun and Vulcan in the first house. We also have Pluto hugging the ascendant which is another signature for volatility and volcanic eruptions and stuff and that's one thing i was mentioning to yomi before we started is that i wouldn't if there's any kind of volcanoes near turkey i would not be shocked if one of them erupts because yeah. you can't cause that much of a ruckus without there being some explosive stuff going on it, i i don't think that you know just the the collapsing of the the structures is going to be the end of it all and you know, I, so I think my speculation is, is that the worst of the seismic activity has now passed because we, if we're considering the moon being the tr to that Vulcan and Saturn conjunction there, we now have the moon in Virgo. So it's past that point here, but we are going to... Well, I, I think it would, do you think it would be the full moon that caused it, not necessarily the aspect to the moon? I think the full moon, definitely, because yeah. <clears throat> one thing that I have heard, and it's it's true in California, when they get a lot, a lot, a lot of rain because of so much water in such a short amount of time, um, I think the last time that they had weather like they had last month where they had nothing but rain, um, mm -hmm. They had one of the biggest earthquakes they ever that um, they had experienced in a very long time. Like a, I can't remember the magnitude of that earthquake, but it was really bad, and it was in the nineties. Fascinating, yeah. So, I mean, I I would and I would the 90s, we're gonna. I'm sorry. In the nineties, Saturn was in Aquarius and in Pisces. Oh, ninety two no to ninety six. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, another thing too, while we're thinking about that. So Saturn is Pisces. We'll talk about that more next month or, uh, you know, if for the next month's podcast. But um, one thing I, I'm thinking on that note, Saturn, Saturn going into 
Pisces, and then what is going on with where's Pluto at? Oh, Pluto's in, wait, Pluto's in, Pluto goes into Pluto goes into Aquarius this uh, in April. Yeah. Damn, I've been waiting for that for a long time. I felt happen okay well see also what's connected here too i mean the sun and saturn on the fifth they have a 10 degree orb difference but to me they're in the same sign in the middle of a full moon so to me regardless of where it sits in that sign degree wise it's still within orb of conjunction because of a full moon so saturn also is in the very final degrees of aquarius Yep. I wish I knew when that earthquake happened so I can get that degree, but I don't know if I'm going to find that information fast enough. Yeah, we'll have to just do that for another timer. Yeah. Uh, share it on Facebook. I'll share it. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm very forgiving about um, orbs and, you know, the degrees and stuff like that. Um, just because in ancient medieval astrology, they used to be able to predict stuff like this, like on, on like to the to the T. They did not have all the calculations and the charts and the math and all that that we had. They kind of just eyeballed it, literally. No. Nope. So, yeah. You know, oh, I got you I, a date. I definitely, I'm always, what's up? June 28th, 1992, in okay. Southern California. Um, oh. trying to see the location. You said it happened early in the morning. We'll just use Los Angeles. Okay. 7 a.m. Okay, we'll do 7. There's... Eris could also be attributed to earthquakes, too, depending on the aspects. Yes, she can be. Yeah, because uh, it says impatient symbol, driven to do something. Eris goes forward whether you like it or not. Yeah, scattered. So in this chart, if we're assuming 7 a.m. is around that time frame, you know, Eris would be the triggering aspect for that. We also have, let's see. It actually deter- likely determined the time frame of when it happened by, I've done this before, by interjecting the planets that we're looking for. Okay, so Saturn and Aquarius, we know, is one of those. It has to be on the angle in order for this to happen. I got you so on time. if you fast, what's up? 4.57 a.m. Is your, is your exact time. Okay. I'm trying to see there's a location. They call it the Landers Earthquake. Okay. Landers, California would be your location. Okay, let me Landers. Holy crap, what's on that ascendant? Landers. Okay. I'm going. All right. There's Uranus right there in the seventh house. Yep. Yep. So Uranus, Pluto, or Saturn, or Eris on the angles. So there it is right there. And Uranus conjunct Neptune. 
Huh. And Pluto the, is like right on that six house cusp. Yeah. Was there what was what was the details about this uh, earthquake? Did it like split the fault or was there flooding? Um, well, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read it. So on Sunday, June 28th, 1920, 1992, California was hit by two earthquakes, two of the strongest in state history. The first was known as the 1992 Landers earthquake, which struck at 4.57 a.m. and was felt by most of Southern California. The 7.3 magnitude earthquake shook the area for two to three minutes. Wow. Let me see. Not long after, at 8.05, another earthquake hit the state. The 1992 Big Bear earthquake also shook Southern California. The 6.5 magnitude quake Quake hit Big Bear, Big Bear Lake just east of Los Angeles. The earthquakes occurred about 35 kilometers from each other. So it hit a lake? Yeah, Big Big Bear Lake. Um, at first, they thought it was an aftershock, but the U.S. Geological Survey stated that it was two separate events. Wow. Because I, I was trying to understand what the Neptune conjunct Uranus would mean. Because obviously Neptune rules water and all that. So I was wondering if it was flooding or a tsunami or if it was near water. At so, that time, they were having a lot of rain like they did this past month. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So people right. are saying, watch California because there could be earthquakes in that region. But it's interesting to see. Now, mind you, it could happen. But it's interesting to see that these earthquakes are taking place on a whole er other area of the world all, you know, exactly 28, 30 years later. Right, right. That's fascinating. I wonder if something to... So I wonder if there's like an actual, like, scientific correlation between flooding... Correlation between flooding and earthquakes. That's right, that's right, yeah. So <laughs> I wonder... If well, obviously, I'm certain I have this feeling that the moon has to have something to do with it. Like, I never thought about that before. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll piece that together for another time. Or maybe yeah. that's like a theory unfinished. I don't know if anybody else has any details on moon, uh, specific moon aspects with uh, with earthquakes and stuff. I'll have to do some more digging on that. But, but yeah, anyway, so... You don't have anything else, Yomi? I don't think I have anything else either. Then that no, I, I don't right now. Because otherwise I'd be, you know, beating the same horse with my message. I'm good for now. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that again later. And this right? is our official, like, year anniversary. So a year ago, this month, we, we started the podcast together. Yay. Woot. So next, Saturn and Pisces and... Some other things that are, uh, I think I, I think I want to try to go into Halamea because Halamea just went into Scorpio at the end of December, and I guess it's been in Libra for 25 years. Wow, that's, so that's yeah, I have to learn about that one too. So that'll be our homework for next month. All right, it was nice talking to you, Yomi. It was here too. It was nice talking to you. All right, bye guys. Bye y'all.